Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 36 of the More Than Just Code podcast. I'm, my name is Dimitra, I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I am joined by my co-host in Whitby, Ontario, Aaron Bay. How's it going? And I'm also joined by Jaime Lopez in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And Mark can't be with us again today, he's up to his elbows in work. All right, so as a bit of a follow-up um, article, I found, I saw something by James Thompson on Twitter, which I followed up on, and... Uh, much as we sort of talked about in the past, um, the question of whether third-party uh, vendors are going to be able to create Apple bands for the watches. And I think there already have been a couple of high-end watch manufacturers who've claimed that they've got bands ready. But apparently a patent went out, uh, I guess, this summer for the uh, bands on the Apple Watches. Did you guys see that? Just looking at it now as you speak it. All right. Yeah, so apparently they, they had... Um, Filed patents on and received patents on the you know the 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 uh, link bracelet, um, the fluorelastomer uh, with a tuck-in enclosure. Um, I'm not sure, but I don't think, remember if the Milanese loop was on there. No, just the the link bracelet, the fluorelastomer band, and the classic buckle. Right, right. Um, the classic buckle, like their features traditional lugs connecting the magnetic peg system to a simple leather strap. Um, what I don't see here are patents on the pins that connect the band to the watch. Am I missing that? That's what that? I was wondering. Is that yeah, I, I was kind of wondering about that. Like, what yeah, that, are the, the specific the magnetic, claims? I think the, mag, I think the magnetic cl- um, clasp thing, like the, the thing that the, you know, there's a little button you releases the magnet that lets you slide it out. I think that's part of the patent and that's the important part. Yeah, that would be, because that would be the whole third-party market for watch bands, right? It certainly would make a lot of sense for Apple to patent something of it, right? So let's let's say, like, the pins part, right? They're clearly licensing that, I think, out to other folks uh, if things mm-hmm. want to work appropriately. Not that different than, like, the lightning connectors and, and stuff like that. Um, but it also kind of makes sense for what they did with the fluorelastomer band and the link bracelet and that they 
you know, they, they really do interact very uniquely, right? Very smoothly uh, and very seamlessly, unlike a lot of other watch bands that I've looked at of Definitely. very similar types. Yeah, like, I've never seen a tuck under uh, band on a watch before, made of rubber or otherwise. And, mm-hmm. and the mechanism of the link bracelet is definitely unique. In, in the clasp itself, which closes flush, mm-hmm. and with the links that can be removed without tools. Uh, really. Oh, they can be. They can be removed without tools. Oh yeah, oh. every every link, like or not every link, but the first like six links on each side have a little yeah, button on them. Yeah, I see that now. Them. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is great. You know, I'm, I've as we've been sort of sitting here, I'm still looking at this article and not seeing anything about the pins that connect it to the watch. So well, there's there's a there's a paragraph, um, third paragraph down, I think. Just talking about it, but I don't know if that's patented no, necessarily. No, it doesn't say anything about patent on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. We'll let the lawyers fight that one out. I'm, I, I don't think this is going to slow anyone down. No, and like I said, I've already seen um, uh, videos of my high, high-end um, watch, I'll put it in the show notes, um, manufacturers saying that they're going to be producing special bands for the watch. I mean, but obviously I think their bands are going to be in the same sort of price range as Apple ones anyway, right? So... Yeah, but there's also been, like, uh, an adapter uh, on Kickstarter. Here, I think I've just found it. Yes, it's called Click, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's on Kickstarter. I'll put this link in the show notes for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And basically, it's just the pins with a standard watch adapter thing on it. Oh, really? Like like a regular regular strap sort of thing? Yeah, so you could use any watch band with it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Right. I wondered about that. Hmm, interesting. It was kind of news to me that um, I know this isn't the case for all the Android Wear models, but there are at least some models that use just standard um, yeah. watch bands, which was kind of news to me because I guess I kind of knew everything about the Apple Watch side that everything is you know unique and mm-hmm. kind of totally integrated. You know, this Kickstarter notwithstanding, yeah. um, <laughs> so it's kind of very different, I think. Well, the, yeah. the thing that you're going to find right with the, when these watches come out is there's going to be millions of them, right? And people yeah, are going to want yeah. to customize them in far more ways than even Apple is offering them, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, just like what we're seeing with the, with the iPhone, you know, tons of third-party cases and accessories and things, you know? There's right. a massive ecosystem for this stuff. And yeah. you know, yeah. that's, that's going to be the exact same thing for this watch. You're going to mm. see all kinds of stuff for the watch. And the more you see, the more you know that the watch is doing very well indeed. So... But we knew that already, didn't we? Because you can't buy one. Buy one watch, you mean? Watch, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they are dramatically unavailable. This is a segue into the next thing. I was hoping you wouldn't, you know, catch it. <laughs> <laughs> Swing well, before and a go, miss! Be, before you go there, I was All watching, right. uh, speaking of follow-up, I was watching uh, Marco Arment today received a box from Apple that he, he <laughs> yeah. periscoped, right? I, I, I watched that. that. I did watch that. Like some kind yeah, of sucker. Yeah, well, no, I mean, you know, he it, it, it technically, you know, when you when you order a product from Apple, sometimes you get the Apple Care warranty before you get the product, right? Or, or you get the adapter before you get the actual MacBook or whatever. But yeah, so he got he got the um, charging cable, and it's interesting. I, I I don't know if you saw it on the on the video, but it's got sort of like a concave area where where the watch sits, and you know where the the bump out on the back of the watch sits. And I was reading somewhere that I don't know if you saw this or not, but. Um, the back of the watch, I think on the sports edition, it's it's some sort of plastic, whereas it's uh, a ceramic on the higher end watches. Did you see that? It looked like the one that Marco had was plastic. No, I don't mean I don't mean the wa- I mean don't, I don't mean the charger cable. I'm talking about the actual back of the watch. Oh, did, did, did you not guess not see that? No, I was not aware of that. 
Yeah, it's just something I saw the other day in passing, and I kind of went, oh, I want to bring that, bring that up on the show. So there you go. I just did. Atta boy. Uh, and... Better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads us to our discussion of watches. I don't know. I got an email a couple of yesterday, actually, from Apple offering for me to enter the lottery to receive a watch in advance of my expected delivery, which is sometime in May. So, because I was, you know, nine minutes late on ordering my watch on the on the first day. So nine minutes late, man. Tim, you were not committed, dude. I was well, right there, and it took me less than a minute. And I'm well, hang on a second. I was there. I was there, and I I had my I was on my on my Mac, and I'm like hitting this thing, and I had my iPhone six and charging across the room, and I didn't realize that I should have been using the Apple app. Totally. The App Store oh. app. And of course, you know, I saw Aaron go whipping by on Twitter saying he done off to bed, and I sort of went, hey, wait. You know, and that's when I jumped on the. It did eventually. I think I can't remember. I think I did order it on the on the watch or on the phone after after the fact, right? But yeah, I mean, like nine minutes seriously, and I'm in the middle of May. Yeah, where where yeah. are you, Jaime? I am also in the middle of May, May thirteenth to the twenty seventh. Oh, oh, hello, pot. This is the kettle. Oh, okay, no, well, no, hang on it's... though. Hang on a second. Let let Jaime finish. So, what did you order, and when did you order it? So I ordered the. 42 millimeter sport in space gray with the black band. My yeah. watch. Yeah. My exact watch. same one. Yes. Um, I had both uh, Safari open, Chrome open on my laptop and had the Apple Store app on my phone and just pounding away on both of those until one of them triggered first. And it was the app that triggered first as yeah. being available. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what, what was the time when you completed your order? Um. I mean, according to the hotel clock, it was 12.01. I can't remember what my laptop said or my phone said, but so it, it was I was pretty, there. pretty much immediately. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely finished by 12.01. Yeah. Or I should say, <clears throat> so that would be Pacific time. It was 3.01 in Montebello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. 3.01, really? Mm. But you know, you know I'll tell you, I'll tell, I will be honest with you. I did, I did actually get into the 42 with Space Gray and think, Okay, do I want to go back and look at the thirty thirty eight? I did, oh, and then when I came, damn, damn that was your mistake. <laughs> I know he who hesitates is lost, right? You, 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 know you would you have been want. better off just buying the one that you thought was wrong, and then going back and buying <laughs> another one. <laughs> at least you'd have something. <laughs> well, that said, though, I I can get the exclusive developer watch if I'm selected, and I send in three box tops for my cereal. <laughs> I can get selected to be in the in the lottery. To no, I'm in the lottery already. Okay, hang win. on. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, but I have to say this first Lord. of all. I, okay. I have to put on my. I have to do my best Johnny Eyes voice. Here at Apple, we've decided to reinvent the lottery. There you go. That was awful. Sorry. <laughs> what can I say? Okay. So, <laughs> let's back up a bit here. Apple has a bunch of watches that they've made, and they cannot make them fast enough. Okay, yeah. so that mm-hmm. much is clear because when they had the pre-order on that Friday two weeks ago, it was bedlam, sold out in minutes, pushed back to June. You're lucky if you can get a watch that you want now in August, right? Yeah. Okay, so all of a sudden, Apple has a whole bunch of aluminum sport watches with a blue band, an unknown number, and they want developers to get a hold of them on opening day, if you will, Friday, the 24th. Whoa. Okay? Yeah. The notion being that these developers can have a watch on launch day where they can test their apps and ensure that their apps work on actual hardware, which, you know, is important, wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Super important. And so 
They're offering this in a lottery system. They sent an email, not to every developer registered in their program, obviously, but right. only to certain ones chosen by some God knows what. System. Lottery 2.0. Probably another lottery. A lottery yeah. to choose who can make the choice to enter yeah. a lottery. Mm-hmm. And if you win twice, you will have the opportunity to spend money and buy one of these watches. And That's the whole true. point of this is that you will be guaranteed to receive that watch on Friday. No, 27th. It's inaccurate. Okay, hang on. I'm just trying to find the email that I got from Apple yesterday. Yeah, I believe it's the 27th that, that you, you're not guaranteed to get it on Friday. So not exactly opening day, but certainly opening week. Well, yeah, I mean, admittedly, and, and it does say in the email that they want to basically get the develop, the, they want us to be able to test our apps on, on devices, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly. I would just love to know um, how, who at Apple has gone lottery crazy. Uh, they, they set <laughs> it up. Besides Johnny Ive? <laughs> Johnny Ive has nothing to do with this. <laughs> whoever set this up for WWDC and, and by all accounts have done an admirable job uh, we talked about it last week and I think that we're all agreed that the, the way they set up the WWDC lottery was very well done um, right. and, and very well executed right, right. Uh, no, nobody's complained about that at least as far as I've heard but then they, they, they said okay we've got a good system it works well hey why don't we use it to, mm. to <laughs> choose some people from our developer program yeah. to then enter another lottery to choose if they want to buy this thing and have it super early. And spend more money. And yes. spend more money, yes, of course. So, so I found the email. It's, it's, okay, it's, give it to us. The title is Special Opportunity. We want to help Apple developers the opportunity, or we want to, want to help give Apple developers the opportunity to test their WatchKit apps on Apple Watch as soon as it's available. You have the chance to purchase one Apple Sport Apple Watch Sport 42 millimeter silver aluminum case in a blue sport band and it's guaranteed to ship by the 28th of 28th. April. 28th. Yeah, so they'll let me know tomorrow the 23rd after register before the 23rd at 10 a.m. Pacific daylight time and they will let me know my status tomorrow. So tomorrow my Twitter is going to light up like crazy again. You know, as as we run and and it's funny because you know, like I said I'm on a couple of Slack groups and Twitter and whatever. I'm not sure how many people got them, but most of us who who did receive them. In fact, or my buddy in Malaysia even got one. Um, so that's how random it is, right? Um, that you, you and you had to enter with your Apple ID and so on and so forth. So you couldn't just send it to somebody else. And uh, yeah, so basically, you're yeah, special opportunity. I'm special. Yeah, uh, I I wish Apple had been a little bit more public about why um, certain developers didn't receive this. Like what the what the reason yeah. for that is like was it actually random well it must be i mean somebody would some people were, were guessing that maybe it was pe- people who had apps on the app store or work working on apps but you know i'll be honest with you i don't have an app on the app store and i i haven't got one ready so why me i don't know no it doesn't i figured sense. it out tim I, I figured it out guys ah, all right have it. bear bear with me here and there's it's only pi day countdown right i wish we had <laughs> mark here so we could see if he got one of those emails as he well. didn't i asked him i asked him earlier he didn't he didn't. Okay, so it's not a perfect theory, but here's 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 <laughs> here's how it goes. Okay, so Aaron gets a watch day one. Right. So now he's out of the lottery for WWDC. Right. Hamid does not get a watch on day one. He gets into WWDC. Okay. Mm. 
Tim does not get a watch on day one, nor does he get into WWDC. So now he is part of the special lottery to get an Apple Watch right. via this, okay. you know, founded in the back of a closet box of blue watches. So Mark blows your theory right out of the water. Well, he's not going to dub dub. Hmm. And he didn't get it. So like, he just screwed. Like, I don't know. Well, it's too soon to say. Maybe they'll have another lottery for something else. (laughs) Yeah, right. Next lottery. We'll get you next time there, Mark. (laughs) Maybe maybe they'll have a lottery for the charging cable for the uh, Apple Watch. So my, my point is like, okay, why don't they do something cool, like make us like a, a purple a fluorostomer band or something that to, so that people, when we walk down the street, you know, they'll know, or like there go the developers, right? <laughs> that would be pretty neat, especially if they gave For you the sure same would. like bluish, purplish band that J.J. Uh, Abrams has been seen wearing. Yeah, well, that, yeah, let's, let's dare to dream, eh? But Dare to dream mean, nothing. It's, it's a purple fluorostomer, isn't it? No, it's blue. It's dark blue. But it's leather. It's leather. Oh, it's a leather? Okay, well, leather yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe they could charge you, you know, twenty nine ninety nine and shipping a hand Well, and this is somebody was joking about the fact that you, you can enter this lottery and then have to pay $50, but I didn't quite catch that they were saying because you want, you want to replace the blue band, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I, I want to ask you, I, I noticed a couple of shots from uh, on iMore today where the watch itself is white. Have you seen those? No. Yeah, no, I like, haven't seen that. Like, you got a link you can put in the show notes? Yeah, Rennie Richie just Rennie Richie did a story again on everything you ever wanted to know about the Apple Watch. We're afraid to ask. Um, so yeah. I'll link to that earlier. But yeah, I just noticed that there's been a lot of these white, you know, like like it, it, as as you would see like a, a space gray one instead of space gray, it's like white, which looks kind of cool. It looks better than the um, than the. Um, and you're talking about the watch body. The watch body, yeah, white. Now nah, it must be the lighting in the photograph. Nah. It makes the aluminum look like it's white. No, 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 no. I'll find it. I'll find the link. Fine. Find the link. I will. Watch me. Anyway, it's just crazy that Apple is going going, going lottery crazy. You know, it's, it's nuts over there. Um, it, it, I don't know. Like, when, when you're open about it being a lottery system, insofar as they were with WWDC and with the people who received the email about the watch, that's fine. But mm-hmm. the people who got the email were also in a lottery. <laughs> Winners of a lottery. Yeah, no. And yeah, I don't it, like that. I want, I want every developer to have gotten that email. That's true. And it yeah. sucks that they didn't, and I'm pissed about it. <laughs> I feel really left out. Yeah. No, here's a question I have for you, though. Would it help you get your test your watch app faster? Of course not. I don't have a watch app. <laughs> well, let's ask a different question, then. Would, would, it, would it help you add watch functionality to Magpie? No, wouldn't do that either. Well, see, there you go. Maybe they listen to the show and they know this. And I just figured out they couldn't have Mark in there because it looks like a conflict of interest since he's personal buddies with Tim. Ah. There's photographic (laughs) evidence here. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. No, that's funny. So in the last day or so, uh, we've seen a flourishing of new watch apps um, being posted online. There's a new site called watchaware.com. Mm-hmm. We'll have a link in the show notes. And um, I think all this stuff has come from Steve Stroughton-Smith, Uber hacker extraordinaire of Mm -hmm. Apple devices on Mm -hmm. Twitter, Mm -hmm. who has discovered by manipulating the links on the iTunes store, Mm -hmm. uh, the ability to look at the screenshots of watch apps for various popular apps. And so what he did well, is he had this yeah. script that, that would parse the links 
and show the screenshots for these watch apps. So like go to Lose It and uh, an app that I use on the iPhone, of course, and uh, using this, this script would, would let you see the listing for the watch version of that app and the screenshots for it. And so you can mm -hmm. see what this app is going to do. And I think it's this script that's populated the site, watchaware.com, because it's got right now 2,160 approved watch apps. Mm -hmm. And beautifully presented on this site, um, this was going to be my pick for the end of the show, but I'm going to spoil it for now. And uh, you can go through and get a little description of each one, and you can tap on the watch image, and it'll go through a nicely rendered... Uh, animated display of each of the screenshots for that app, giving right. you a sense of the functionality for it. Now, 2,160 apps is a lot of apps. Yes. Um, and there's going to be a ton more. And I was just browsing through this, and I'm, this is what I'd like to talk about right now. Um, in browsing through this and looking at the functionality that I'm seeing for these apps, Mm -hmm. they look like there's going to be a disaster for the unaware. Um, here's an example. I'm going to show you an app called Calc. Uh, how do I get an actual link to this? Yeah, okay, so here's the actual Calc link page, and I'm going to paste it in here to our... You see that? Yeah. Okay. So Calc is a, is a calculator for the watch, and right. it's Whoa. like... Yeah, <laughs> like like many um, many apps actually that I'm seeing here, sort of remind me of the, of this problem that I'm going to bring up here, which is the the use of an app as as if it were on a phone, right, or yep. an iPad or a computer, mm -hmm. something that you kind of open up and work inside of, and hang out in, and spend time in using it, right, right now. There might be a good case for a calculator on the watch, you know, because calculator watches are actually a thing back in the 80s, and, uh, you know, they were never cool, but you never know. They were might, probably useful. But this app in particular looks, well, looks really bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, it looks like it's got, like, just too small to But is that a startup with. screen, though, do you think, or is that actually a, a screen that you're going to try to interact with? Because those buttons are way too small. Yeah, I think it's a thing that you interact with. It hmm. sure looks like one. Um... But I think the bigger problem, like, we're going we're gonna to see and learn about all of these really poor uh, UI decisions that are being made here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I think the larger UI decision is around um, what level of interaction you have with the watch app. And the thing that we've been hearing from people who know better than us <laughs> is you, if you have a few hours, use a Mac. If you have yeah. a few minutes use a phone. Yeah. If you have a few seconds, use your watch. Right, right. And so you have to look that you have to keep that in mind when you're looking at these apps for the watch which provide interactions that last quite a bit more than a few seconds. Mhm. Mm um so like Calc is one example of that. And as I look through all of these apps, I see so many examples of that. There's an interesting article. I was, I was following one of your links earlier in, in the show notes, and I stumbled. I, I must have typed it in wrong, but I stumbled across this article from David Smith. I think it's the David Smith we all know and love, right? Underscore David Smith? Yes, yes. Yeah, he's got um, like four apps already. 
there's a there's an um, article um, called about tap distance, and he and he's got a sort of a nice little flow of of how he worked out how to what to put on his on his uh, watch app to basically make them you know to get to the point faster, right? Um, and I think that that maybe something you, like you're saying is is I think a lot of people have sort of are going to miss the boat in terms of trying to make a a watch app that's going to be, you know, reasonably easy to use and, and, and brief, you know, I, I don't see, I mean, I saw some apps earlier today on this site, um, you know, tip calculators and, and somebody even come up with a, a Simon, you know, the Simon game, you know, with four buttons. I mean, that's pretty much the limit of what you're going to want to deal with on a watch, right? Because they're so small, right? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I'm pasted in a link for another app. I see that. May yeah, I? I've got some. I've got some contrarian views here. So okay. I, I think the point is well taken that like <laughs> some of these apps, and in fact, I think many of these apps are like kind of ill thought out or have mm -hmm. really poor UI decisions. I think part of that is you know it's kind of a brave new world, and we're getting used to how do these things work and what's the best way, and and nobody really has for the most part, you know, lotteries notwithstanding, and notwithstanding, nobody really has watches to really try this out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of, it's hard to say, right? Um, but that's really not all that different than the App Store in general, yeah, right? Yeah, enough. And, and so yeah. an example that I pasted to you guys here is Maypi, which is a, uh, a video app. It looks like it's something where you share videos and stuff with each other. Um, like Magpie? It actually kind of makes me think that, like, <laughs> you could use this kind of concept for Magpie of, like, oh, hey, yeah. I've saved a video. I want to share it with my friends. And now I, I'm walking down the street, and I'm like, what the heck? Oh, Aaron sent me some. Let me see what that is. Takes you to iPhone. Let's me view the app, the, you know, the shared video. Kind of makes sense. But it's actually a very pretty UI here that they have, which is kind of contrary to the notion of, like, you know, every app is going to be like this, this ugly calculator app. Um, mm -hmm. And even then, like, assuming this is even close to accurate uh, on the number that right now as I'm looking at his webpage, it's 2,160 approved watch apps. That's nothing. And, and that really gets back to what we said, you know, many, many episodes ago that, like, on day one, you're going to be one of 10,000 or fewer apps on the App Store instead of competing with a million, two million. You're that's competing true. with 9,999. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge marketing opportunity for these folks. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's why they're there, right? It's just that I, what, I guess what I'm worried about is that so many people are going to get these apps and look at them and download them. And, and we've already talked about the sort of limitations of, of the way these apps work, right? Like as sort of remote screens for your phone app, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and also the battery concerns, which are huge. You know, like looking at the categories of watch apps. Like, there's games, all right? Mm -hmm. Look at the games. There's, you know, Trivia Crack. It's actually a very popular game now for iPhone. And it has a watch client. It's basically like the whole game is in your watch. And so you could sit in that game inside your watch, play on your watch, hold it up for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, playing this game. Hmm. That's nuts. Your battery's going to be dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just True. worry that, that as if, if these games... Real Racing 3... <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that could be the management, the management thing. Oh, look, nope. somebody start racing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so you know, like, there's there's stuff here that's um, that's promising to be a bit more uh, immersive than what I think Apple had in mind when they made this watch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's going to have consequences on 
you know, the, the design goals that Apple had, which was, you know, long battery life. You want your watch to last the day. I worry that it may not if, you know, these kinds of apps are going to be running and, and it gets the kind of use that their authors hope for. That's all I'm saying. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, but um, for one, I, for one, am going to be a little conservative uh, when it comes to putting stuff on my watch. Well, see, like your MLB at bat app you were talking about last two weeks ago, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just all that's got in it is a glance, according to their to that's their, right. uh, their thing. So you glance up, see the score. Okay, move on, right? Yep. You know, I guess you know, you know what, what who's on what base, and you know somebody on second. Kansas is down one over Detroit. Who's on first? God, <laughs> I don't know. Third base. I anyway, there's that. a bunch of um, bunch of really great apps that I that I currently use that have watch kit extensions coming to them. And I'm definitely going to want to give them a try, but I, I suspect that I'm going to be quite severe in what I allow on the watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I suspect that that people may may become that way too if they they see the consequences of running uh, too many apps for one, mm-hmm. apps that take too long to do their work, like we've seen in some of the the review videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course there's there's only so much room on your watch, right? Uh, we saw that there's uh, 20 glances is the maximum number that you can have. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you'll get a warning. So you're going to have to pare that list down if you decide to go really nuts on it. Mm. A list of 20 is quite a bit to page through, though. <laughs> so I don't know. It'll be. I think those are good points. And I think uh, certainly I'll be pretty careful with, you know, what exactly am I putting. I, I think it'll be maybe a better word is I'm going to be mindful of what I'm putting on the watch. Yeah. Like, I think clearly some of these are really, really bad ideas and you should never ever install and run these because you'll just destroy your battery life. It's, you know, stuff like, like games are pretty questionable in general, unless they're very, very specific and very narrow in focus. Like the idea of like just sitting there and tapping away for hours is yeah, well, just a no go. If you, if you have the time to do that, you should just use the phone. It's a much better experience anyways. You would think so. Right. Um, I have some faith that people will figure out that, like, these are bad apps, not that the watch itself is bad. Because all you'd have to do is compare with your buddy. It's like, oh, man, I get, like, half an hour of battery life. It's like, what? What's wrong with you? I get all day battery life. What apps do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should stop playing Candy Crush constantly on your watch. (laughs) I can only get two in a row on my watch. Yeah. I mean, I... I consider it kind of similar to a lot of the um, concerns in the tech media about like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed with notifications and watch makes it worse. It's like, well, I'm going to echo what uh, the ATP guys said. And it's like, the problem is you. Hey, I said that, bro. <laughs> you said, I said it, it last well. week. Like, yeah, I said it before like ATP it, it, said it. I think it's a common thing. It's like, look, if you have too many notifications... Stop giving apps the ability to send you notifications. It really is <laughs> that simple. It's a permission That's prompt for a reason. Way overblown, totally. Yeah, and and some, you know, as an app developer, you really should give your users the ability to tune the kinds of notifications that are sent, right? Like, not everything is of equal value. So, yeah, I'm sure you want to have every opportunity to spam the heck out of them, but you should be mindful of it. Otherwise, they might delete your app or turn off notifications. Yeah. Yep. Or give you the dreaded one star. I think the, um, the third-party <laughs> yeah. third Twitter One star app. sent me a marketing push notification kind of thing. <laughs> the third-party Twitter apps are really good with that, I think. Um, I use both Twitterific and TweetBot, and I know that Twitterific now has a watch app ready to go. I'm 
I'm quite looking forward to it because it has the ability to uh, it separates notifications by replies, um, mentions, direct messages, follows, you know, all these actions on Twitter that you can distinguish and pull apart and separate the notifications that you receive from it. So, Aaron, you posted something earlier today about Google Fi on the show notes. Do you want to fill us in yeah, on that? Yeah, for sure. This is a new service being offered by Google. They've become, after much speculation, a mobile virtual network operator, an MVNO. What this means mm-hmm. is that they've contracted with, in this case, Sprint and T-Mobile in the U.S. to offer their own cellular service. And so when if you're a customer and you're buying cell service, you can actually go to Google hmm. and buy it from them, and it looks like you're paying Google for the service. The actual service itself is being offered um, through a seamless combination of Wi-Fi, hotspots, T-Mobile, and Sprint. Now, hmm. for those not in the U.S., uh, and, uh, like myself... <laughs> uh, like two-thirds of the show, yeah. <laughs> um, the, these two networks, Sprint and T-Mobile, are are sort of the, the weaker vans in the U.S. market. Uh, mm, so they, right. they have, they have the, the weakest networks. And um, so anybody who becomes an MVNO seems to gravitate towards those networks. Uh, I don't know if Verizon and um, AT&T offer MVNO contracts. It would sure be sweet if they did, though. <laughs> um, but be that as it may, what you've got here is Google saying, if you've got a Nexus 6 Android phone, which yeah, I guess some people do, but I don't think it's a very terribly popular phone. You can you mm-hmm. can buy this plan, which is a base rate of $20 per month, and it provides you with unlimited talk and texting. And then data is a separate thing. It's $10 per gigabyte per month. Mm-hmm. And you only pay for what you use. So if you use one and a half gigabytes, right, um, mm-hmm. you actually get a rebate off your next month's uh, sell plan hmm. uh, to the tune, in this case, of uh, $5, I think. Yeah, So you'd be using half of it. So the, the idea being that you pay only for the data that you use. Now, the actual pricing here does not strike me as terribly compelling. I was kind of hoping that it would be sort of breakthrough pricing, but it's not mm-hmm. looking like that at all. Well, compared to you pay $40 a month or something like that on your plan, right? Um, Isn't it some... Wait, you pay what now? Fabulous rate or something you've been grandfathered yeah, into? Yeah, I, I, I pay 57 a month. Right. And I get... Right. That's, my, that's everything in. Six gigs of data and my, mm-hmm. my call plan, my talking plan, which I don't mm-hmm. really use anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I consider that a pretty good deal. Well, it is because I, I pay probably, you know... Twenty or thirty dollars more than that for similar type right, so. right, right, right. Uh, now I see what's happening here. So there's a cultural divide here. So in America, 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 <laughs> in America, USA, um, USA. that that would be closer to like a T-Mobile plan, but for uh, and I'm not familiar with Verizon. Uh, never, I'm uh, sorry, uh, Sprint. Having never used them on AT and T and Verizon, you're talking closer to a hundred dollars for that level of service for a like six gig plan. Yeah, 100 US, mind you. So right. your guys' price is like yeah, considerably higher. 50 bucks, wow. Yeah, we're nuts. Uh, so maybe that's why you're not as uh, surprised by the, or at least the, the pricing is not as meaningful to you. But from the US side, it's like, oh, man, I, I would totally switch to this if uh, it was available on the iPhone. 
Really? Oh, is it only available on Android devices? Yeah, it's only just, just the Nexus yeah. Six. Oh, it's, this is a pilot program, right? This is just something they're rolling out. I think this—it's a way for them to um, to test the market. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense for them. Um, the other one of the other things about this plan is that internationally, you can use the same pricing, right? So mm-hmm. if you travel to Canada or the UK or anywhere else in the world, um, it's the same price for the data. So there's no roaming charges. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are limited in speed, uh, 3G speeds, it says. Also, international texts are unlimited. And international calls are 20 cents a minute. I think those are, those are pretty compelling prices. Um, and it's nice not to have to think about that. But, you know, I don't know. Like, I saw a separate article, Jaime, where they kind of compared these prices to other MVNOs in the U.S. And... Mm-hmm. You know, there were some, like, because it's, you know, cell plans are so complicated, right? They, they can, depending on actually how much data you use or whether you're focused more on phone calls than on data. I mean, who is? But, you know, it's out there. The fact is that um, they, did, they were not breakthrough pricing. This is not breakthrough pricing. It just isn't. Um, so I don't, know, I don't know what the, you know, what the big deal is, <laughs> put it that way, um, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. this. Like, Okay, Jaime, what do you what do you uh, you want to talk about? How much you pay for your cell plan? Yeah, I don't have a bill off the top of my head, but I want to say uh, it's, it's roughly a hundred. So then, plus taxes and fees and all the crazy hmm. stuff, it's probably one twenty single line um, on Verizon. Getting what five gigabyte data plan? Text messages is something like two hundred and fifty text messages, which is absurd that it's not unlimited. Yeah. And minutes, I have the lowest minutes. It's something like four, 400 minutes, maybe, something like that. I can't remember. They, they don't really don't let you go too low on the, the voice calls, which I really don't use anyways because no. I'm usually using, you know, data plan access, either actual voice stuff going over voice over IP or, you know, text messaging or, like, iMessage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, like, the majority of your, of your cell phone bill is, is data, though, right? Like, that's... That five gigs a right. month it's is costing you quite a bit, like sixty bucks, fifty-ish dollars, yeah. I think. Sounds like okay. Yeah, I think it was forty dollars ish for the voice, fifty-ish for the um, data, and five to ten-ish for the SMS. Okay, so it's like from a data perspective, like Google is ten bucks per gig, and that sounds like about what you're paying, isn't it, for the data? Like, say if it's fifty for five gigs, that's ten bucks a gig, right? I guess mm-hmm. the only the, the potential cost saving is that if you ended up not using those five gigs, then you'd get a rebate back in the subsequent months. That's the thing. So I specifically get the five gigs because uh, on AT and T's plan here in the U.S. was three gigs, and I get way too close to that that line. Yeah. To to not have it be worth it, like four gigs would probably per month be about what I need. Since nobody offers that. I had to go with five gigs, so I don't have all sorts of crazy overages. But I also get absolutely nothing back if I don't use it exactly. up. Exactly. And there have yeah. been occasions where I've said, you know what? Screw this. I'm paying for this. I am going to download podcasts <laughs> and, and apps and music just so I can use up this five Gonna gigs. make you bleed, carriers. <laughs> yeah, it was just like the principle of the thing. <laughs> just to throw my two cents here, I just looked at my bill while, while Jaime was talking there. And yeah, I'm getting hosed on by Rogers on my... What a uh, bunch of hosers, bill. eh? Compared to you, compared to you, like I mean, like my wife's phone, she's got a five gig plan, and she's paying. We're paying ninety five bucks for her, right? Yeah. 
So, and then for mine, it's like 65 bucks, and then they ding me another 20 for some other nonsense. And <laughs> Mind you, when I went to pick up my iPhone 6 Plus, they wanted to raise my rate even then, right? And I just sort of said, there's no effing way I'm paying more money for this, right? What so, a, if anything, I should pay what less. What a bunch of hosers. I know, eh? Eh? I know. Yeah, that's awful. Hosers, eh? Yeah, you I know? did get mm -hmm. a sweetheart deal. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Yes, don't move. Well, that's why you, you, you bought the phone that you did. Too, exactly. Right? Off plan, as it Off were. Off plan. Um, um, so, yeah, I look at Google Fi and I, I think, okay, I was sort of hoping it would be better than this, but, uh, you know, from what Jaime says, it could be a deal, but if not a, a mind blowing deal, hmm. a deal nonetheless. But it does sound kind of cool, like from the point of view of how their video talks about the fact that you're at home on Wi Fi, jump in your car. You know, switches over from one cell network to another, and then you get to the office. It switches back to to uh, wireless again or Wi-Fi again. And and I would assume that they were talking about like having a seamless connection at that point in time. Like if you were on a phone call or something like that. Yeah, I think right? that's the point. Yeah, so that's that's kind of kind of nifty because I mean, you know, like even even having built some audio apps that uh, you know that playback um, like audio streams uh, for a while there. I think around iOS six. If you were listening to something on Wi-Fi and you walk out the door, and as soon as you got away from your from your network, the the it would drop, and then you'd have to go back and reinitialize it to kick over to to cellular. It was really it was brutal, really, from a user experience kind of point of view. So that seamless connection would be kind of cool. You know? That's true. Yeah, actually, that same thing happens to me when I'm listening to baseball games and <laughs> take the dog for a walk, start the game on my yeah. iPhone, and when I leave yeah. my Wi-Fi network, it dies. That's mm, sad. Yeah, it makes me sad. So it makes sense that Sprint and T-Mobile would be involved in this, in that they are um, by far the number three and number four in the United States. And mm -hmm. I mean, the difference between them and AT and T and Verizon is enormous in terms mm. of like usage and you know market share. And if I'm not mistaken, T-Mobile was the first one in the United States to offer the Wi-Fi calling feature that the iPhone gave us. Um, yes. And it's kind of to their benefit because their network is nowhere near as extensive as AT&T and Verizon. So letting you have service via Wi-Fi is much better than doing it through the the network that they're having trouble with capacity in and so on and so forth. Yeah, as a customer. So this kind of makes sense. Yeah, as a customer, I, I kind of, I would really hesitate to engage with either Sprint or T-Mobile, just mm -hmm. given the coverage of those carriers. They have the maps here. You can see the maps on the site, and they, they appear to have broad national coverage, but the stories we hear suggest that it can be really flaky. Um, and then you know that with AT&T and Verizon, you know, having such massive capital advantage, being able to roll out uh, the, the latest technology and with the broadest spectrum, um, yeah. that you're just going to have a better quality cell signal with those guys. Interesting. Well, should we wrap it up? Sure, yeah. Uh, do you have a pick? Well, I gave you my pick. We should talk about the t-shirt, huh? Oh, yeah. Why don't you talk about that as your pick? <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with this, even though it is awesome. <laughs> hey, guys, we're, we're got, we got t-shirts, man. And if you're going to WWDC, is there any chance that they could have this in time for that? Yeah, I believe. I believe. Like I said, only only I need. Uh, I think we need three more ordered, and then basically they'll start producing them. So okay, yeah. well, yeah. here it is. Then we've got a beautiful T-shirt <laughs> manufactured by our friends at Teespring, mm -hmm. and it features a new logo that Tim designed using the yeah. Apple keyboard layout of our MTJC keys, including mm -hmm. 
the touch type friendly J key. <laughs> so, um, can you choose a color? Or is uh, it? Is... I, I basically, I've got it. I've got it in sort of like a navy blue kind of color right now. I'm not sure if I was able to go in and change the okay. colors, but I don't know either. Let's see if I was. And we were talking about putting the 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 uh, URL or the or Twitter handle on the back, so I might have to go back and see if I can do that as well. Okay, it looks like you can add mm-hmm. another style or color. So you've got your choice between American Apparel, Crew, Navy, and they, there's also a women's fitted black tee. Yeah, I chose American Apparel because that's the, the manufacturer that Apple uses. My wife is real persnickety about good materials and stuff like that. Well, so. we wouldn't want to mess. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, you can go ahead to the site. The link will no doubt be in the show notes. And reserve mm-hmm. the shirt. No doubt by the time you do so, when this show comes out, uh, our three requirement will have been met. <laughs> Don't know why I'm saying that, but here it is. Uh, and then yeah. they'll be able to do a print run. So get to it. It's uh, actually a very nice looking shirt. Yeah, and we'll put we'll post a link to that on the show notes, as you said. And and like I said, yeah, I did I did pick a women's fitted fitted tee and a men's as well. So cool. All right, so uh, we'll go around the table as we normally do. We'll try to go around the table. We'll go back and forth across the table this time. Um, Jaime, do you have a pick? I do, and it's called uh, Growth Dot Supply. We have the link in the show notes, and it's a collection of all of these uh, freebies. For example, um, information about um, business, marketing, design and code, productivity, and learning. Uh, let's say, for example, on the design and code side, you know, a lot of people who are trying to get into this whole iOS thing are just kind of wondering, like, where do I start with some things? Like, I know nothing about design. I know mm. nothing about what should I do with my code, right? So even simple things like uh, free icon sets that you can download uh, are just a huge number. of. There's probably 15 to 20 of them. There's um, what do I do with my source code? Hey, Nobody should start using, you know, zip files passed back and forth anymore. That's nonsense. We have things like GitHub and Bitbucket that are just free, free, free for all sorts of, you know, small team usage. You should use that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, not engaged in the community or you just join the community, maybe you don't know where to start. And that's where I find the value in this thing. It's almost like a, a curated list of resources. Cool. There's so much here. It's nuts. It's huge. I've, I've looked at it several times and it feels like there's new stuff all the time so it's worth checking out even if you've been around the block more than a few times wow cool and that's growth supply or growth dot growth supply. dot supplies using this dot supply tld hmm. what is this world coming to i don't know everything's so convenient right <laughs> i don't know like you know I'm, I'm of two minds of this one because you know everybody knows the dot com dot net dot org and you know, other ones yeah. like that, the country top level domains, and all these new ones, you know, I don't even know how to say them. Growth.supply, am I going to remember that? Like, that's the whole point, right? I don't know if I'm yeah. ever going to remember yeah. that. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, just a thought. <laughs> yeah. As an aside, I heard uh, on um, Spark, they talked about the other day about uh, the dot sucks domain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so can, everybody's so you, buying those up. <laughs> so you can register AaronVay.sucks. <laughs> it's probably in your best interest to get AaronVay.sucks. Well, no, hang on, hang on, wait for it, wait for it. It's, it's, they're charging like $2,500 for for the, what do you call it? Um, oh, what do they call it when you start them up before they're, before they're um, available? I can't, I can't think of the word. But apparently to renew them, it's going to be the same kind of price. So it's, it's like somebody's making some money off of that one, right? So 
No shit. Because apparently to, to, to control one of these TLDs, you have to spend like $125,000 or something for the license of it, and then you get to set the pricing or whatever. So. Oh, my good Lord. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Beyonce can afford it, but not Aaron Van. No, no, obviously. And I, I, I suspect that if the price remains like that, few people will come out. Um, ah, it's a $0 pre-registration for Aaron Vedas sucks. I can add it to my cart. Hmm. No, but it's the rainbow something or other they call it. I forgot. There's sunrise. Sunrise, that's the word sunrise. I'm looking for. I don't know. Yeah, there's a sunrise thing. And before domain TLD is available, there's a sunrise period where you can pay a little bit extra to reserve it. And then once it becomes available to the public, it's it's a free-for-all sort of thing, Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. There's so many weird TLDs. You know, I was just searching on this, I don't know, unitedDomains.com, and there's dot .diet, dot .help, space, picks, party, mm-hmm. today, tips, rocks, bike, center? Oh, I registered dot .software. What, that, why would you? Uh, okay. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah, if you want to register domains, I'll put a link no. in the show notes. You can mm-hmm. register them under my company, and then I get I get like a pennies of profit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get to your pick, Tim, I, I, I yes, think sir. you'd like to know that I just received an email from Apple, and it appears that my card has been charged for the Apple Watch. Well, there you go. Yep. Boom. Isn't that mm. very exciting? This thing is happening. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah, we're, oh, by the way, I, I do have another question about WWC. We're all coming to your mom's house to watch the, the keynote, right? Well, I have to work it out with her, but wherever I end up, <laughs> you guys are more than welcome to come. I feel like the more the merrier. <laughs> yeah, like when the zombie apocalypse comes, we're all going to Tammy's house, and then when, when the WWC keynote happens, we'll go to Aaron's mom's house. <clears throat> all righty okay. then. Well, Mrs. Aaron's mom, can we have more milk? <laughs> Um, so my pick this week is actually, a, it's kind of a follow-up too. Uh, uh, yeah. So friend of the show, Matthias Holman, uh, post uh, computer science unplugged as sort of a, a pick. And what it is, is really fascinating stuff, especially for those of us who haven't got the schooling that Jaime has got. Um, it explains concepts like binary numbers and, uh, how images are transmitted across networks, but in language that, that, um, kids in school could could understand it's a, it's a show from uh, university of canterbury i think in australia or new zealand actually um sorry australia but uh they've put together these different uh, videos um and it's on the site is uh computer cns unplugged i'm just trying to get back to the link there but i, wa- I watched a bunch of these the other day and it's really kind of cool because if you don't if you want to know how um data is actually sorted they do the, they do all these things without actually using computers teaching kids how to do how to count binary by you know the position they are in in the binary n- number you know basically the one the two the four the eight the sixteen the thirty two and then how which uh, ones and zeros you turn on to get the appropriate number you're looking for or letter or whether it's an image being transmitted across from from one place to another modulating demodulating all that kind of stuff they explain all that stuff and they have car- carpet that they put down and they give the kids different numbers. And they go, they meet in the middle, and it's kind of like uh, how the, um, what do you call it, algorithm, um, you know, takes two numbers, matches them, and then if one's higher or lower, switches positions, and then they move on, and then they compare the next set of numbers, and by the time you get to the end of the run, the numbers are all in, in numerical order. It's kind of cool little uh, demonstrations of how that stuff works um, for those of us who are curious about computer science but haven't, you know, got the, haven't spent the time in school to learn it. 
So it's kind of an interesting, cool thing. And, and it'd be great little lessons for uh, if somebody wants to teach kids about uh, how computers work and stuff like that as well. It's really kind of cool stuff. You guys have gone quiet. Well, you've spoken about this resource. Sounds good. <laughs> it does. And they have like uh, what looks to be materials lists for uh, if you're like a teacher, for example. Yeah. Like what will you need to do this exercise, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, like I said, as, as I, I, they're, they're fascinating bits. I mean, of course, they're, they're, they're done, you know, tongue firmly planted in cheek because of these two guys that were three or four guys that present the stuff. But, uh, you know, they, it's, it's very entertaining stuff as well as being informative, which is kind of cool. And they've got, like, it goes on for, for days in terms of the subject matters that they cover. They've got copious videos and, and uh, activities that people could learn, you know, crypto, cryptography, private key encryption, color graphing, you know, all kinds of information theory, algorithms, sorting, you know, all the sorting networks, all the kind of stuff that you would, you would go through in a typical computer science kind of course, right? But then with fun. <laughs> <laughs> the best, one of the funnier ones is where, they, where they, uh, they take a piece of cake and they decide to have, divide the cake in half and give each kid a piece of the cake. So they keep cutting the cake in half so by the time, you know, they the, the get to the last guy, he's getting like a crumb. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really interesting. But uh, yeah, it's cool, cool little thing. So that's CNS Unplugged. All righty then. So Aaron Vay, if people want to get, find you on the internet, where would they find you? On Twitter, at Aaron Vay. Or check out my website, magpievideo.com, to learn about my newest app. And hey, Jaime, where could people find you on the internet? On Twitter at DevaTheHair and DevaTheHair.com. And, of course, I am Tim Mitra. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I am T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter and at my website, IT-Guy.com. And so I guess that's it. We'll see you next week, and we'll all say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items we talked about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website, or if you can, please write a review on iTunes. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. You can provide as little as a dollar a month. Any amount helps. However, you're free to do as you please. Thanks again for listening. Did you see the picture I was talking about, Aaron? I did. Okay. Yeah, I never asked me. the product he's got in there? Yeah. It's it's pretty (laughs) crazy. He was just telling me he got a haircut, though, so it's shorter now. Oh, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. It's about two inches shorter. You get a haircut every three months. Every three months. It's on his calendar. Mm-hmm. Really? Wow. You know, it's kind of funny. Like, uh, we've grown so much over at my company that I work at and, you know, offer up that you can kind of describe how long somebody's been at the company by how many of my haircut cycles they've been around for. Wow. Because <laughs> there were some people who were like, oh my gosh, your hair is so short. I was like, what? Have, have you never seen me get a haircut? I was like, oh. I guess you've only been here three months. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how short do you get it cut? I get about two inches off of what you saw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably what, how I, what it was like when I met you. You must have just had a fresh crop then. 
Yeah, probably. Well, yeah, I think I'd had it about a three to four weeks, probably. I would guess just based on how long. No, it is. I mean, I mean, like when I first met you, like yeah. back in. You're talking about the picture that we used to have or do have yeah. on the website, right? Yeah. No, I changed it. I put the one of the orange shirt, the Swiss shirt on the other day. You've been you've been new and improved. Oh, you did that one. Oh, that's a pretty good one. I like that one too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny on my iPhone six when I open up uh, images in Photoshop, they come up like really huge, right? So all you see is your hair product. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, by the way, speaking of Beyonce and her solid gold um, metallic link um, watch band, I posted a, a, a link on from the iMore site, and you can see the white watch oh, face. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, hang on. And that's not the first time I've seen one like this. So the, the, it, you're right; it could be the angle at which it's being shot, but to me, it looks really white. And I've seen I've seen other shots from yeah, uh, that's of these that's just the lighting. Shots. That's the lighting. I saw another I, one the other day, and, and, and that's, this is the second one I've seen, so which is why, and it wasn't from this perspective, so that's why I kind of wondered, like, where is this watch coming from, No, right? no, that's the aluminum. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so, Tim, because I, I know which one you're talking about, so you're talking about the one, the second image, it's a very large image. Right below the green mm -hmm. one. White uh, fluorelastomer band, mm -hmm. but then, and the body like It could be overexposed, looks, you mean, yeah. right? Well, yeah, because when I look at the um, the case of what I assume is all the bands that they're they're showing in the larger photos, it's yeah. very clearly of silver aluminish aluminum aluminium kind of uh, aluminium. I, I tried so hard not to say aluminium because I just aluminium. heard it earlier in the podcast. <laughs> Struggled on that one, tongue twister. The aluminum <laughs> or silver color color is what I see when it's at a different angle in the display case. So I wonder if it was the extreme angle and the fact that it's so um, brightly lit from Yeah, uh, but like I said, underneath. this is not the first time I've seen a shot like this, which is why I kind of wondered, like, because the, the, the stand that that's on is from the day that they had the white room. Remember the white room thing we talked about where yeah, they yeah. rolled out the watches? Because mm -hmm. that's when Imar went around with their, with their cameras and took all these shots, right? I think, anyway, right? Because this right. is, if you look at the cases, it's a different kind of hold, hold, thing holding it down. But anyway, th never mind. But but just on the side note about the the aluminium pronunciation, I was listening to a, a British uh, po a presentation yesterday, and the guy they say iOS instead of iOS. No, no, that's just ignorance. How no, you that's... say Mac OS X? I say Mac OS Ten. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> I'm working with Logic Ten now, and I'm working with FileMaker or Final Cut Ten now. Atta boy. <laughs> No, actually, uh, um, one of the friends of the show, Mark Eaton, uh, was telling Jaime and I at NS North last week that he used to work for Apple, and they were told quite uncategorically that it's OS X. Well, yeah. Why? Well, you know, Duh. I had to hear it from somebody with authority, okay. Aaron. I couldn't just take your word for it. Fine. Not that you're not the authority of pronunciation on this well, show. somebody's got to be. Let's see here. So content-wise, we're going to talk about... Well, maybe I'm peeking a little bit too far ahead. Are we... Having a t-shirt? Yeah, I pasted that in there today. Oh, hey. Hello. Whoa, I like that color. Now, it's, it's got the black key line around it, which is why I went for, like, a blue shirt instead of a black. Mm-hmm. So it's got the, because it's got the offset keys, the way I did the, so it yeah. looks more like a real keyboard. And then the little thing underneath the, the J, because the J is actually a home key. Mm-hmm. You know, subtle touches. It's all nice. the details, Tim. That's all that matters. Yeah. Where, yeah. where can then, I can I see this online well, somewhere? So this is Teespring. Is there a URL? Yeah, you didn't, you didn't -E put a link to that. T E E Spring. No, no. I just pasted it in there to get you guys to look at it. 
Yeah, and you also teased what, us with like the back of the shirt, or maybe this is an alternate color. It's hard to tell. No, it's no, that's just uh, it's just for a screenshot from the website. Yeah, so mtjc.fm on the back is that the idea? No, this is the front. Yes, yes but, but he's asking the about the back. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, you want to put the URL on the back? That may be a good that idea. That kind of makes sense. A lot of shirts have that. Yeah. Okay. Or or the podcast uh, Twitter account or something. Yeah, I just thought you know because like, the thing about it is is like um, you you can order you can order like fifty of them. We only we only need to get three sell three to basically make pay for the print run, and then oh, that's pretty easy. So okay. That's you, me, and Aaron. Perfect. <laughs> Mark won't buy one, right? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> oh, he'll probably buy one. Look at it and go, meh, f it. <laughs> Does it help yeah, me build we, apps? No. <laughs> we get this. I will uh, gladly display it. I proudly display it over at WWDC. Well, we would, yeah, for sure. It would have been cool to wear these at NS1. I didn't think about it because there's, there's a T-shirt place down the street for me, but I'm always sort of like, you know, okay, well, I can print them then. Why don't I distribute them? Whereas these guys will actually print them and distribute them to your individual purchasers, right? So, um, I mean, and I have to admit, I mean, I saw this on um, uh, Isometric just did a, did a shirt to raise some money, and so did, I think, Accident ATP did as well, right? They did, so, yeah. ATP always does one, or... Oh, I say always. Last like, two this years. is the second year in a row in which they are doing one <laughs> yeah. immediately prior to WWDC. <clears throat> oh, really? The oh, okay. isometric one is fabulous. I love their shirt. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I, and I also I also put down women's sizes too, so who knows? We might get a and sell some women's sizes as well. So that should definitely be a topic on the podcast. Um All right. the fact okay. that we've got a t shirt, <laughs> we have a teespring. If you want to support sure. the show, if you want to show yeah. how proud you are of uh you know, to listen to us and uh, by all means. And, of course, I'll be buying one of these when it's available. So, mm-hmm. I think it's available now. I just have to, I, I set it to 20 bucks. I figure that's a reasonable price, right? It's available, Tim, but I don't think even Google has indexed it yet because I won't be able to find it. If you go to Teespring? All right. Live drama here, folks. <laughs> Teespring.com. And then what? Search for MTJC? Uh, let's search for more than just code podcasts. I can I can paste a link into the show notes if you really want me to. Well, gee whiz, why not? Why oh, wouldn't you no, do that? Why are you making really my life search. so hard? You guys are big boys. You got computers. Okay, I got oh. it. I found it. What the hell? That was actually way too easy. Yeah, Very sure. Search is really Sorry. good. It does like a live yeah, video, it's live. live uh, image search. It's which awesome. Is cool. So I went into I, I did this up in Illustrator this afternoon. So it's it's high res vector art. Yeah, all right. This looks pretty me, cool. I mean, if you can closer. edit it, I w- the only edit I would make is just adding the maybe the URL in the back. Yeah, no, no, I can do that. I think so. so let me see. Well, you know, that way when I'm funny, coming and work, going, people know. It wouldn't, work in, it wouldn't work in Safari. I have to do it in. Uh, let's see this Firefox thing. Here, here it is. Okay, I'm still logged in over here. Let's see. Can I edit it? I launched it already, so I may not be able to edit it. Return policy. What? Who's going to return this fine shirt? <laughs> <laughs> How are the sizes? I wonder. Uh, oh, here's the sizing chart. Let's take a look. I gotta go measure my bust. <coughs> we only need three right more to make our quota. <laughs> measure <Let's> bust. <laughs> yeah, looking I'd at these. I say you're a large. Maybe. I'm an extra large.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.